there is only one religion of the soul we are one soul soul is not christian soul is not muslim soul is not hindu soul is soul what we see around the world this is all different beliefs different paths this beliefs but there is one religion of the soul and the religion of soul is to love god that's only ultimate Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Amplify What You Love. I know it's been a little while if you've been listening to the podcast for a while since I've released an episode and this one is extremely special to me. When I started this podcast there was one guest in particular that I immediately wanted to interview but I wanted to build up an audience before doing so so that the conversation would actually reach as many people as possible. So here I am two years later, and I was finally able to sit down with my spiritual teacher, Bhaktivedanta Siddhanti Maharaj. He was born in India and has been a monk for over 30 years in the Vaishnav tradition of Bhakti Yoga. He has personally served and cared for several of the most honored and respected gurus in this tradition, and he's an expert on speaking on the famous and sacred text of India, the Srimad Bhagavatam, also known as the Bhagavad Purana. He travels all over the world, speaking and sharing on spiritual topics about developing love of God and is spreading a message of divine love through the chanting of God's names. I wanted to give a little bit of context for this interview because I know that some of you are extremely familiar with Bhakti Yoga, with the Vedic tradition of India, and I know that some of you may be new to it or may have have had limited exposure to it, so I want to give some context here. Throughout my life, I've had the good fortune of connecting with many teachers and mentors, traveling around the world to learn from elders in the Bhakti Yoga tradition, And some of you may know, I was raised practicing this spiritual tradition of Hinduism called Vaishnavism. One of the gems of this tradition is the passing of both sacred mantras and sacred teachings from teacher to student, from guru to disciple. And this has been documented for thousands of years. It's like a type of accreditation, like in in a college, it's an accreditation of knowledge. So in science, we have peer-reviewed studies. In writing and literature, we have citations. In spiritual life, there is the disciplic succession. Try saying that five times fast. The greatest philosophers known to man have all studied and carried forward the work of their predecessors. In his book, Meditations, Marcus Aurelius even starts off by just naming all of his teachers and role models and influences and the main lessons that he learned from them. As we grow and evolve as one human race, we are grappling with extraordinarily difficult circumstances. Existential hopelessness, world violence, the breakdown of traditional religious values and morals, and questioning everything that has come before. So what place do the teachings of our ancestors have in our life? Where does wisdom come from and how do we discern truth? In his book, Sri Guru and His Grace, Srila Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Maharaj, a renowned and respected scholar and teacher of the Vaishnav line, shares that, according to Vedic philosophy, concrete reality is behind the experience of the senses. The absolute cannot be known by brute force. It can only make itself known to us, and that is through its divine agent, also known as Sri Guru. So these days, everyone gets called a guru just for being an expert in their field. And now people even look down on these so-called gurus as snake oil salesmen or marketing scammers. And this is really sad to me because it's such a sacred title for a teacher. And in the West, we've taken the Sanskrit word and turned it into something negative. So part of my hope today is that we meditate deeper and deeper on the word guru and what it truly means. Who is guru? So my teacher, Sripad Bhaktivedanta Siddhanti Maharaj, answers this question during our conversation. He also shares the true meaning of bhakti yoga, the importance of seeking spiritual knowledge, and shares his own journey in meeting his gurus. Regardless of your religious views, it is in all of our best interest to inquire about what is in our best and highest interest. The world's greatest athletes have coaches, 
Sometimes life gives us challenges we simply cannot overcome alone. And when we are fortunate enough to find mentors, guides, and guardians who without selfish motives share knowledge with us that increases our bliss, eliminates suffering, and helps us to attain our highest potential outcomes, we find ourselves truly blessed. And I feel enormously blessed to present to you my Gurudev, Sripad Bhaktivedanta Siddhanti Maharaj. Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Gyananjan Shalakaya Chakshuram Litam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurube Namaha Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhyayivacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnebhyo Namo Namaha Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaurdishvai Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagadpate Gopeshe Gopikanta Radhakanta Namastute Tapta Kanchan Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare this is really a gift to get to interview you. I love asking questions and to get to, to share your time for this long and get to ask you questions is really special. What you just did there, I think it would be a great place to start. For those who are listening who don't know exactly what that was, could you tell us about that and why it's important and what you were just saying? And yeah, of course. What I did, this is not, this is called as Mangla Charan which means very auspicious invocation for the entire universe and especially those who are attending this conference. It's for me, it's for you, it's for everyone and just by uttering it purifies the entire universe. So that's for actually auspiciousness for the entire humanity. And what were some of the prayers or names or what's the process that's happening there like what are you saying for those who don't speak sanskrit okay that's a good question <laughs> sanskrit is ancient vedic language which is spoken by the spoken by the gods but to make it sim simple i just offered my obeisances to my spiritual master, to all the devotees in community, and to divine couple, the Supreme Lord Shri Krishna with his energy Radharani. Along with the Maha Mantra, that mantra which is very important for this age, the Iron Age, which is full of hypocrisy, cheating, fights quarrels, wars. So that's the best mantra to purify the entire environment. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to ask you, what is bhakti yoga? But before we even go there, just so that my listeners can get to know you a little bit more, would you briefly tell us where you're from and just a little huh. bit of your backstory? Okay. Well, I'm from India the land of Vedic knowledge which is known in the entire world for its wisdom, spirituality and from the yoga perspective. So I belong to that holy land which is also known as Tapobhumi, the place of performing austerity. 
it's very auspicious to take birth in india i'm not saying from the country perspective not partial but is from the scriptures because india is the place of all holy rivers and the birth of all holy saints in the past happened in india so i'm proud to be born in india and i'm carrying the message of this vedic knowledge of india to distribute to the entire world to make people understand what is actually happiness and something beyond happiness what is bliss so i'm just a carrier of this message and i received all this wisdom all this transcendental knowledge from my spiritual master so on his behalf this is my service to all humanity so i want to make everyone living very happy and peaceful life and i'm sure not i'm sure but i'm saying this because it is said in the all the scriptures only by means of practicing bhakti yoga one can live very healthy peaceful and blissful life i recently asked on my instagram i said people often say i want to change the world i want to create a you know big impact i want to be the change and i asked why like why does that matter why does changing anything or having an impact mean anything and some a couple of people said they wanted to eliminate suffering for other living beings and i thought that was a very good answer and you just touched on that and you said bhakti yoga so again for the listeners who maybe have heard bhakti yoga i'm sure they've heard yoga what is bhakti yoga how is it different than yoga what what is it very nice question but prior to answer this question as you uh, as you said somebody asked you on instagram i also would like to comment on that if it is okay please good day <laughs> well because of lot of sufferings everyone wants to change the nature of this material world which is not possible this universe is created by supreme lord the nature is acting under his guidance and the supreme lord who created this material universe he himself claims in bhagavad gita this material world is dukhalyam ashashvat full of miseries and temporary nature so we can say this is a kind of a prison house which is meant for everyone not to suffer but get to out get out of suffering but of course there's lot of sufferings for every individual we cannot change the nature of this world because this is created by supreme lord but we can change the behavior or in other words we can change the attitude of people staying in this world in this world which is full of suffering and which is temporary in nature to get out of this world to get residence in the spiritual world which is permanent in nature and full of bliss from my perspective when i say my perspective from from the perspective of scriptures we can't change the nature of this world the wars will always be there it happened in the past is going to be in the future there's always be pandemic going to happen after 100 years 200 years so we are not here in this world to change the world but yes we can change our perception of this world and that can only be pos- possible with understanding of as you said bhakti yoga so coming to the point of bhakti yoga which is a very familiar world nowadays yoga it's international terminology <laughs> yoga yoga means connectivity the word yoga is also sanskrit word which means connectivity now there are different gradations of this word yoga 
what people understand the word yoga means to keep their body healthy by some postures but this is known as ashtang yoga and this is how everyone knows the word yoga so connectivity connectivity with what connectivity with body to a healthy body so there's a yoga for the body then there's a yoga for the mind and there's the yoga for the soul so they categorize in three part most of people in the world they're familiar with yoga which is like different postures which is also important to keep one healthy because there are some uh nature sorry the nature of this material world is also that we have to take birth here janam mrityu jara vyadhi we take birth we are bound to get disease we bound to get old and death is inevitable okay and of course we need yoga to keep ourselves healthy this is all idea about which is perfect but there is another level above this which is known as yoga for the mind so spirituality starts from here there's the foundation for the spirituality start from the mind which is subtle in nature when i say body body means body composed of gross body and subtle body the body which we see each other this is body made of five elements this is gross in nature but then there is another body which is known as subtle body the composition of the subtle bodies mind intelligence and false ego that's more subtle and more grounded body also get different emotions and mind is supplying those emotions so even no matter how healthy i am by performing different postures but if i have problem with my mind and my intelligence i cannot function properly so that's mind gives order to the senses and creates emotions so mind is the storehouse of those emotions so we need yoga for the mind as well so this is the beginning of spirituality when one strive or start learning about yoga for the mind for that we need mantras man means mind and tra means how to deliver mind the process of deliverance of mind that's called mantra that's why we chant mantras so this is yoga for the mind but then there is another subtle point the soul which is very subtle in nature i can see you you can see me but we can't see mind because it's subtle in nature the soul as we know spirit is more subtle than mind so that yoga soul yoga or we i can i want to say the connectivity of soul with something which is higher and superior is called bhakti yoga so coming again to the point yoga for the body yoga for the mind and then another higher level is yoga for the soul which has nothing to do with material world which is beyond above the mind concept which is a connectivity with the spirit to the spiritual world so the connectivity of spirit to the spiritual world that process is known as bhakti yoga so for the listeners to catch them up cuz there's different words in there that maybe you all don't recognize uh one of them you mentioned was bhagavad gita which is a scripture or a, a holy book from india and what i'm getting hearing all that is this it's very scientific almost the the gradation sometimes in spirituality it seems vague or ambiguous but from what you just said it's very structured and organized mm-hmm. and i think part of that is vedic tradition and culture and and knowledge and so 
What about Vedic knowledge is so important and useful for our society in today's age? Mm, That's a very important question to answer and known by everyone. The root cause of all suffering is lack of knowledge. Now, if I say this, many listeners can argue or can cross-question me, oh, we have so much knowledge. We just go on our phone, our computer, and we can find and search anything we want. When I say lack of knowledge, I'm referring to the knowledge of Vedic knowledge. So there's a process of gathering that knowledge. The Vedic knowledge can only be The Vedic knowledge can only be understandable by following one hierarchy. And a refined word for that is called Guru Parampara. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna said, Evam Paramparam Praptam. This, trans- this transcendental knowledge, it comes in hierarchy. Say, I got this from my spiritual master. He received this from his spiritual master. And he received from his spiritual master, this is called the lineage. And it's descending right from Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, who is God. So he's imparting this knowledge to his disciple, Brahma, the creator of this universe. And then from Brahma is coming to Narad and Vedvyas. And it's, this is like a Guru Parampara, which is known as lineage. This is transcendental knowledge and it cannot be uh, perceived or understand just by reading. To get into the realization of this transcendental knowledge in its practice. So the word bhakti yoga is that practice means connectivity of bhakti and bhakti means love of God. Not God-fearing, but God-loving. So when I say God-loving, that means beyond all fears, volunteer love, which is in a developed state or is not even developed, doesn't matter. But if there is any little inclination to follow that, that all term with Bhakti Yoga. This transcendental knowledge is called Vedic knowledge, which composed of every area of knowledge, astrology, astronomy, uh, all kind of knowledge. Ayurveda. Ayurveda, music, means the comprehensive study of spectrum of all kind of knowledge. That's called Vedic knowledge. And very deep. And it's so much deep, in so much deep, there is like more deep than an ocean. To gather this knowledge, we need some mentor who can not only teach us, but also also can put us into realization of that. So information is one thing and transformation is another thing. We may have a lot of information, but transformation is more important than information. That's why we need a trainer. And that trainer means a spiritual master who impart this Vedic knowledge. The essence of this Vedic knowledge is called Srimad Bhagavatam. Right? Vedas are four in categories. Rig Ved, Sam Ved, Yajur Ved and Atharvaveda means the four different areas of knowledge, which is very vast and very vast and really very vast. It's even difficult to understand the words and terminology because it's very complicated Sanskrit. An ordinary person, even if you start reading Vedas or understand the verdicts of Vedas, is so difficult to understand. Therefore, 5,000 years back, a great saint, or we can say incarnation of Lord, Krishna Vaipan Ved Vyas, 
he concise or can say the essence of all those vedic knowledge in a great scripture which is known as shrimad bhagavatam which gives complete knowledge complete knowledge of all the vedas and when i say vedas means thousands and thousands of scriptures the essence of all those thousands of scriptures with with so much informations in just one book that's called shrimad bhagavatam which is also according to scriptures and vedas also considered as the uh, the divine form of the lord anyone who try to hear shrimad bhagavatam or come in contact with shrimad bhagavatam definitely going to get knowledge of every areas and the transformation in one's life the bhagavatam it's a conversation right and i find that interesting because i'm a podcaster and i love conversations and i love questions and it seems that so much of the vedic literature and scripture is conversation and so could you briefly explain the situation that the bhagavatam describes the first couple layers just so the audience can understand kind of the story behind it conversations are very important and actually i what i feel the root cause of all problems and suffering since there is no conversations when i say conversations that means topics related to spirituality that's the idle conversations and because this is not happening so much and that's why people are confused and they feel emptiness shrimad bhagavatam is nothing just the conversation conversation between divine personalities and a conversation is there to help everyone uplift from basic human level to very high elevation of consciousness means godly consciousness or spiritual consciousness the shrimad bhagavatam composed of 18000 verses and most of them spoken by shukdev goswami who is incarnation of the supreme lord krishna who is all knowledge and is divine in nature he arrived to the scene where thousands of sages with different concept of spirituality were sitting even though their concepts are pure in nature but not very high in nature so shukde gosami 16 year young beautiful personality divine effulgent personality when he arrived on the scene all those thousands of sages who having their own concept of spirituality they stood up in honor to shukdev goswami because they all know he has a something very high conception of spirituality and the conversation happened with a great king 5000 years back his name is parikshit the descendant of pandavas who are the pure devotees of krishna he got cursed he was in the forest and he felt thirsty and he asked a sage who was sitting in meditation complete absorption so as a king seeking help from a sage i'm very thirsty can you give me some water but that sage shamakrishi he was in a very deep meditation he didn't even heard what the king asked for because he was totally immersed but then parikshit the king not deluded by any external energy of the lord but that was the arrangement of the supreme lord for all of us to get transcendental knowledge through him made him take a dead snake and he took that dead snake with his arrow and placed on the neck of that sage 
this has all been done and created by supreme lord a foundation for a very high purpose i'm coming to that point so when king did this he repented oh why i did this and the son of that sage got to know that his father got offended by a great king when he heard this immediately he took a water in his hand and he cursed that king how dare you can offend my father like this putting the dead snake on his neck i curse you the king of the all snakes takshaks going to come and bite you and you're going to die in 7 days that's a little story king was not happy he was repenting and regretting why i did this and never offended any sage in my life but who who inspired me to do this i'm so bewildered when he got to know this news that i got cursed that the king of all snakes named takshaks going to come and kill me bite me he said then this is a great arrangement of the lord he was not restless he was not confused whereas he felt so relieved that this is for certain my lord has arranged this because seeing me getting so engrossed in materialistic activities he wants to uplift me from that to follow spirituality that's his arrangement so that i can come to him so he was very relaxed not panicked if i get this curse from someone i get i'll die every minute i'm going to die i'm going to die i'm going to die if anyone comes to know you going to die in 7 days imagine what's going to happen every minute panic running here and there but king parikshit because he was devoted to supreme lord krishna he was so relaxed so he came on the bank of the holy river ganges with complete fasting dry fasting no eating no drinking anything want to know what is the ultimate goal of life and what i'm supposed to do in this circumstance when i'm about to leave my body and this is a question to all listeners what we are supposed to do when we are going to leave this body there are many many words of encouragement inspiration making us peaceful pacifying us due respect of all those theories and beautiful words polite words but this not ultimate and this what happened exactly at the scene all those sages came to parikshit maharaj and they start giving their advices you must give charity you must fast you must do some yagyas but he was not appealed or happy to hear those and then in the middle of those sages a divine personality which contains all vedic knowledge means the embodiment of all knowledge shukdev goswami when he appeared king parikshit asked him question what is one supposed to do when a person leaving his body so this is called bhakti yoga what we supposed to do if we are leaving this body and pariksh and sorry shukdev goswami he started giving answers to the all the questions of parikshit mahat so this is a conversation is it fair to see ourselves a little bit in maharaj parikshit like our condition it's it's a similar one is that kind of fair to we supposed to see this okay so then my question is he found a teacher right right and so i want to i want to cuz i know all the listeners are like well what did he say in response to this great question and you actually 
very regularly you speak on the Bhagavatam for seven days straight all over the world, in India, in Europe, here in, in the United States, in Mexico, called Bhagavat Saptaha. And so you speak on this. Mm-hmm. And I really encourage the listeners to check that out. To I'll put YouTube channel in the show notes so you can go listen to some of those. But maybe we could zoom out a little bit before we get into that answer. And you could talk a little bit about your teachers because they're very special and your stories for meeting them. And it's to parallel the path of Maharaj Parikshit. So he chose to find a teacher and hear from him, from them. So maybe would you share a little bit about your spiritual masters? Right. Prior to say anything about my spiritual master, the answer to your question, as you said, Parikshit Maharaj, he found his teacher. But in most of the time, teacher found find his disciple, his students. In our case, I see Western world or Eastern world is all same. We are by nature very ignorant. By saying this, I want to say we are not inclined to follow spirituality. Whereas we want all facility to live a happy and blissful life. So many times, I say most of the times, teacher comes and they find us. Okay. But in very rare case, student find teacher. But what's happening nowadays, because of so much delusion in the society, mostly teacher comes and they find student. That's their heart, hard on them. They travel a lot around the globe and they go through all sufferings, all hard times of traveling and they find students. Amongst those students, I'm one of them. I was also in my studies in India, too much studying and all, my teacher found me and he started giving me inspiration and making me understand what is the ultimate goal of our human life. Prior to that, I was not understanding what is the meaning of human life. I was thinking, studying school, university and developing a good career to earn more money. And to enjoy life, that's the ultimate goal of life. But there was a life prior to this life and there's going to be a life after this life. I was not familiar of this fact. So the basic concept of everyone is just eat, drink and just be merry. So this is again a body concept of life. But spirituality starts from a question mark. All philosophies this starts with one question. An answer to those questions is called transcendental knowledge and called transcendental conversation, which is very important. And because that's not happening, that's why everyone is deluded. So when I come across my spiritual master, he made me realize that even though I'm a human being, but I'm living an animal life. Because four things are common. Ahar, Nidra, Bhai, Methonscha. Eating, sleeping, producing children, and fear. This we also see in animals and we also see in human beings. We eat, we drink, mate, and defend. Then what is what is extra in, what is addition in the human being? And that is the consciousness. The consciousness of animals, they do have consciousness, they do have emotions, but it's not very elevated. Human concept, human consciousness is more elaborate than animal concept. This facility is given by God to us as humans. When I say this, many times I go yoga centers around the around the world, Australia, China, many other countries. So some student asked this question to me. Why you are offending animals? They are also living entities. I, I tell them no. I am not offending any living entity. Due respect to birds, due respect to animals, trees, plants. But there is a significance of human life over all these other species of life. Let's say any country goes through some pandemic or Let's say any country goes through some earthquake. Just one example. Oh, so-and-so country goes to very high magnitude of earthquake and 1,000 people died. So what comes on the headline on the newspaper? 1,000 people died because of earthquake. 
but headline doesn't say or the complete newspaper doesn't say about how many dogs died birds died trees got uprooted not any species of life is mentioned there only humans and the intensity of that is known by as many human beings died so 1000 people died or 100000 people died oh that is too much but nowhere we see how many dogs died or cats died so of course there is some gradation of human life so that is meant sorry human life is meant to understand <coughs> human life is there to understand who is my origin why i need to know this the questions so when i came across my spiritual master shri shrimad bhakti pramod puri goswami maharaj and shri shrimad bhakti vedant narayan goswami maharaj too and shri shrimad bhakti vigyan bharti goswami maharaj three so i got blessed by these three great personalities very divine personalities who traveled all over the globe and gave this transcendent knowledge to so many people and changed their life not only giving information but actually transformed their life and i'm one of them one of those student who heard from them and my life got changed it's so beautiful to hear thank you for sharing that um context and in the west i i feel a little upset about this because we've taken the word guru and then we've applied it to like if you're a marketing expert or a business expert they call them gurus and then they say that those people are all bad and so now guru means a bad thing and it makes me very mad because it's the most sacred responsibility and person in our life would be our guru and i feel like in the west we've we've taken that word and tried to make it something else and so who is real guru very important to know any trainer cannot be called guru we learn music we learn how to drive we go to school they are teachers they are not um, they cannot be called as guru guru means the literally meaning of the word guru means one who is heavy heavy means not heavy in physical body but heavy in realization of spiritual matters so one who has very deep understanding of spiritual topics and not only understanding but the realizations of spiritual topics can only be termed as guru so any music teacher or any car you know driving school teacher cannot be termed as guru because even though they have thorough knowledge on their on the areas but they lack realization of spirituality that's why they cannot be termed as guru so guru means heavy in realization of spirituality and very subtle understanding of the scriptures so only that person can be called as guru that means as i go back with our conversation start with body yoga mind yoga and bhakti yoga so anyone with body yoga and mind yoga cannot be guru but one who is the concept of soul means connectivity of soul to super soul that person who makes this connection can only be called guru there's a line there's a certain line to draw amongst the teachers and guru and how did you know that your teacher especially your first and then you you said you were blessed three times by your your gurudev kind of manifesting three different times but how did you know that that was your gurudev how i know they are my gurudev to understand who is our gurudev we need to first approach him with a very humble, humble mood and a service mood and it's a matter of not only just recognition in the physical appearance but it's a matter of realizing by loving service to them so it's a process the whole process starts with service even in material world so let's say husband wife stay together when they stay together they got they get to know each other gradually by 
loving each other that means service to each other then we get to know in the same way in spiritual world also when we start sacrificing our object of enjoyments and we start sacrificing all our how to put in words when we start serving our spiritual master giving aside all our comforts and luxuries make him comfortable and give all our self to him in that proportion we start develop attachment to him and simultaneously the attachment to the supreme lord develops this is the process we can't understand this by words or just by hearing and listening only and only when we come to the practice this is realization so when i when i was a beginner it was like 30 years back i'm practicing this i was very new i didn't know didn't know much about this but when i came across my spiritual master not only just by their appearance of course they were very fulsent but by hearing discourses from them which is full of renunciation and full of realization it just touched my heart and i realize because loves come from the heart not from the mind mind or intelligence is a storehouse of knowledge but the emotions comes from the heart the loves come from the heart right and it's so important as you asked this question earlier conversation so when there's conversation means who's hearing eyes are not hearing nose is not hearing is the ears which hear and if you see the shape of the ears is like this shape when two ears come together it comes as heart understand so there's a great connection between ears and the heart when we hear transcendental knowledge it goes to the heart or inspire the heart so ears and heart is a good connection and there's a first step of spirituality to hear and by the way in the word heart ear is also present there h e a r t so e a r so ears and heart is a connection understand so when in the first stage one have to surrender to spiritual master offering our ears and when we offer our ears to him he impart knowledge or he speak he give transcendental knowledge or in other words he gives krishna who is very subtle in nature through ears and place in the heart by the process of serving spiritual master understanding his mission and i also want to be a part of his mission with this love develops and of course one start understanding ah this world is not my place to stay i'm not here to change the world i'm here to change myself and the perception of this world the person remains same but the perception gets changed the perception of the world gets changed and i love what you said at the very beginning too which is that you feel like the single cause of so much of the conflict in this world is i think you said a lack of conversation, lack of conversation. a lack of ear to ear a lack of of hearing and so it sounds like by being open to hearing from a spiritual master that that's like the first qualification first qualification and that's very important so that's why we request all listeners i go to school i go to universities i go to public parks and all we just humbly request literally we beg them please give your ears to us we are not here to ask money from you we are not here to get recognition in the society we just humbly beg you to just offer your ears to us so that we can serve you we are not here to enjoy you we are here to serve you to make you you know a spiritual person and so one of the one of my goals with um bringing this conversation to my listeners is that they could come away from this conversation with some some practice some meditation and i want to you know before we end i would love to hear from you what's one thing that they could do 
um, to start to explore bhakti yoga in their own life. But before we get there, you are constantly traveling all over the world. You're serving so many devotees. You, you show up and you share for days on end and you counsel and guide the devotees and you're, you give so much and you're also building an amazing community, not only all over the world because you're building many little communities everywhere, but you're also building a, an amazing temple in India. And I, I think it's important to share a little bit about that because it's a place that's dedicated where people can come to hear. So could you share a little bit with the listeners about that project? Yes. So coming back to our conversation I started with, Everything is some connection. <laughs> Although I travel over the world, and when I speak about Vedic knowledge, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, etc., everyone start feeling the origin of this Vedic knowledge is India. So that everyone wants to come to India to gather this knowledge, to explore more. That's why. I felt there should be a center in India where I can accommodate those who can, those who want to come, they want to stay there, want to learn more and more, and from there they can visit many other holy places to gather more and more knowledge. So therefore, considering all these facts, I recently started one project, building a temple that is very near to the capital of the, uh, India, Delhi, a place called, a city called Faridabad. So I just started the construction of the temple, which is in a very beginning initial stage. I hope I can finish this temple as soon as possible. And I invite anyone who wants to come and stay and want to dedicate the one's life, you're most welcome to come. And even if you want to come as a visitor, I try my best to facilitate those people who want to come visit and can explore more spirituality. So basic concept is to promote spirituality. This is for the visitors, but of course for those community among the Indians also, they also lack pure knowledge. They also lack pure bhakti yoga. So to educate, especially the young ones, they are our future. We're making this temple for that reason. And I'll also put the link to the website so people can see the amazing progress of the project uh, if, if you're curious about this. And so looping back to the, to the Bhagavatam and the most important question, what is the ultimate goal of life? What is, Gurudev, what is the ultimate goal of life? The ultimate goal of life said by all spiritual masters with the references of scriptures is to attain love of God. That's called prema, a specific word, a very refined, pure word, prema, which in English means love of God. That's our ultimate goal of life. So that's our ultimate how the love develops amongst children, amongst parents, father, mother, husband, wife, only by service. When we serve anyone, we attract the attention and the love develops more and more. Similarly, with the same formula, when there's some inspiration in the heart, first of all, to know about God and then how to serve God what are the favorable situations we can serve God to develop that love of God? This is all spiritual. This is all called spirituality. That's the only ultimate goal of human life. There is no other goal of life. That's ultimate. Really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing. And like I promised the listeners, is there some practice that they could start doing today that would help them to explore bhakti yoga? I wanted to say that. It's good you asked this question. So how to develop that love of God, which is ultimate goal of human life? Simply, 
by vibrating the lips. Vibration of lips can create wars and vibration of lips can also create love. And everyone can relate to this very easy. <laughs> right? If you speak sweet words, you can attract anyone and the love develops. If you are harsh or rude, any person can understand your intentions. Similarly, vibrating lips to please the Supreme Lord, to have access with Supreme Lord, to have access with spirituality, to have access with Bhakti Yoga, mm. vibrating lips, chanting the holy names of the Lord. And this is seen in all the beliefs. I'm not seeing in all the religions because there is only one religion of the soul. We are one soul. Soul is not Christian, soul is not Muslim, soul is not Hindu, soul is soul. What we see around the world, this is all different beliefs, different paths, this beliefs. But there is one religion of the soul. Save punsa parodharma yatha bhakti adokshaje. One religion, there are different beliefs. All these are different beliefs. But one religion, the religion of the soul. Soul is not Christian, Muslim, Hindu. Buddhist, etc. Soul is soul. And the religion of soul is to love God. That's only ultimate. So by constantly chanting of the names of the Lord gives so much strength. And not only strength. Everyone is contracting some kind of negativity in their work situations or their family or whatever. There should be something to be done every single day to contract that negativity. And the best means is to chant the names of the Lord which is full of all positivity and which is only and only spiritual uh, spirituality. The names of the Lord. So in different ages there were different concepts of getting along with Supreme Lord. But in this age, this is called Kali Yuga, the Iron Age full of hypocrisy Cheating, fightings, lies, all negativities. Uh, the chanting of Mahamantra. This is the best way proven by all the scriptures and all the holy saints. Chanting the name of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Just by coming in contact with this Maha Mantra, which is not only a mantra, but Maha Mantra means a great mantra, is the only means to get delivered. And beyond deliverance, beyond deliverance, is the only means to attain the love of God. Chanting this Maha Mantra. So, we request everyone, even though if you are not familiar with so much about the knowledge of Vedic, or you not come across any spiritual master, or spiritual teacher, but just at home, you can just try and start and begin this process. The process immediately start begins when we chant this Mahamantra. So you can spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes of your day. It means, I'm guaranteed it will give you so much relaxing and so much comfort, give so much peace of mind you feel yourself, all negativity has just gone away. As we need food for the body, we also need the food for the soul every single day. So that's the best food for the soul and to get connected with Supreme Lord. Soul food. Beautiful. That is a great place to conclude and I want to respect your time. You've shared so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and blessing Amplify What You Love podcast with such sacred and special knowledge. And um, if there's anything else that you'd like to say in closing, I open the mic up to you. Oh, I just humbly want to beg everyone, no matter what belief you're having, what age you're going through. I know everyone is suffering this world. When I see the suffering of people, when I hear, when I meet them, it's a lot of sufferings. 
I feel pain in the heart to see their suffering. And I know how to get rid out of this suffering. The only means is spirituality. There is no other way. No other way. So please, I humbly beg all of you to follow this process of spirituality which begins just by chanting these holy names. Please do this every single day of your life and make your life the most successful life. That's what I want to say and beg and request to all my loving, respectful listeners. Thank you so much. <laughs>